1: I know some of you today are probably tuning in from the campground, or maybe you're driving down to the boat launch for a day of fishing. Some of you might be heading to a field somewhere to hunt some dove, or maybe go for a long walk looking for sharp-tailed grouse in Montana. Whatever you are doing, I hope you are making the most of this long weekend, and I hope you're having fun outside too. As for me and my family, we actually are staying home this weekend, but earlier this week, we actually went to the Washington coast. We were down at Cape Disappointment State Park near Iwako in the mouth of the Columbia River, and we'll be sharing a great show with you about that next week featuring not only Cape Disappointment State Park, but also the fishing you can do around here and the bird watching at places like the Willapa Bay National Wildlife Refuge. Should be a lot of fun. Can't wait to share it with you. This week on Northwestern Outdoors Radio, we've got more than our fair share of guests for you. We're going to start off talking to Connor Lees with the Idaho Department of Fish and Game. He's going to talk about Cascade Lake, that very well-known trophy perch fishery that's actually managed for that purpose by the state of Idaho. Another guest we'll talk to today is Mike Carey. He is the host of Northwest Fishing that you've probably seen on Fox Affiliates all over the Northwest and the publisher of Northwest Fishing's Real Life magazine, available for free at sporting goods stores all over Washington State. Mike just moved to Montana from Washington State, and he's going to give you his first impressions about the fishing and hunting there. Bob Loomis joins us for an extended Max Minute to talk about small stream steelhead fishing. And speaking of steelhead fishing, we'll catch up with Mark Bush with Twisted Water's guide service. He's been out on the Cowlitz River looking for steelhead, but soon he's going to be shifting his attention to the mouth of the Deschutes River, and the mouth of the Klickitat, where he's going to be going after Fall Chinook and then Coho Salmon in the Columbia River Gorge. And we've got another guest for you, too. That would be Mary Duncan. We've been hearing from her a lot down at Gold Beach lately because she's been talking up that Rogue River Salmon Derby. This time around, she's going to tell us the final results of the derby and also give us a current fishing report from the mouth of the Rogue River where it flows into the Pacific Ocean at Gold Beach. Throw in our Sportsman's Warehouse trivia question of the week where you get the chance to win a $25 gift card. And, yes indeed, we have another jam-packed weekend of the outdoors coming your way. So, let's get it started the way we always do with another edition of Sportsman Spotlight with David Sparks and brought to you every week by the Ag Information Network of the West. Want to go nymphing? David Sparks, Sportsman Spotlight. Nymphs
2: mean year-round fly fishing. Well, that's very good, but I know an expert in nymphing. We'll tell you that there's more to it than just (laughs) nymphing. Here's our regular contributor and nymphing genie, Josh Mills
3: came to me one day when I was sitting there next to my friend, we were doing the exact same thing. We were nymphing for trout. Nymphing being is that we're fishing subsurface bug imitations for like stoneflies or mayflies or something like that. 80 to 90% of a trout's diet or most fish's diet is subsurface. We all want to fish dry flies, but if you want to catch fish, you should learn how to nymph. Well, he and I were virtually fishing the same system with an indicator also known as a bobber down to some weight and then two different bigger like a stonefly followed by a copper john. And I'm catching two to one over him. I had one more piece of lead on, one more piece of split shot or whatever you're using to get the bait down. And it wasn't so much the dead drift and everything like that, but the fact is that my weight got it down faster and into the zone where the fish were living and eating than him. He was missing the area by probably six inches to a foot. That extra piece of lead brought it down into the zone in which fish were keyed into and looking for a tumbling stonefly coming through the current. So the minute we put on that extra piece of split shot, boom, he starts catching fish. So you'll find that if you're not ticking the bottom with your If you're not hanging up occasionally and even donating a bit of flies to the bottom of the river, you might want to add a little bit more. I bet it will increase your catch rate. Great tip, Josh. Thanks for helping out our listeners. This is the sound of wireworms destroying winter wheat crops live on radio. You can't see it because it's radio, just like you can't see it in your field because wireworms are underground. But you will see the crop damage now and next spring as they multiply. Stop them. Taraxa F4 seed treatment eliminates wireworms. Like this. It also knocks out fungal disease. Sound good? Taraxa F4 seed treatment from BASF. Game on, plant health. Game over, wireworms. Always read and follow legal the directions.
0: Are you in the market for a pre-owned RV? Whether you're looking for a motorhome, travel trailer, fifth wheel, or any other type of recreational vehicle, you'll find thousands to choose from at RVUniverse.com. RVUniverse.com makes it easy to explore and narrow down your options. You can either buy an RV directly or find a dealer near you. Competitive financing options are also available. Visit RVUniverse.com today and find your next home away from home.
4: Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter, full of the gear you need to succeed this hunting season. Firearms, ammo, archery equipment, decoys, clothing, boots, and more. You'll find it all at Sportsman's Warehouse. Better still, the knowledgeable staff can help you with tips and in-store seminars, all designed to help you bag a trophy or a limit. Find a location near you or shop online today at sportsmans.com.
3: Pheasants Forever is working hard every day to ensure there's more wildlife habitat for the future join the habitat leader and help create wildlife habitat in your community go to pheasantsforever.org
1: You're back in with Northwestern Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. It's time for our monthly check-in with the Idaho Department of Fish and Game. And with us again is Connor Lease. Connor, great to have you back on the air.
5: Hey, thanks, John. Thanks for having me. So
1: you wrote a really interesting article about Lake Cascade, also known as Cascade Lake, near McCall. This is arguably the place to go to in all of the United States if you are after jumbo-sized perch. There's been some real records taken from here, hasn't there?
5: There has been, yeah, actually, um we had a state record not too long ago, and uh yeah they can they can get up to you know over two pounds uh, and live up to sixteen years of age.
1: That is absolutely amazing that a perch can live that long. I never thought that before, in fact, I understand that surveys show that even the average perch is over ten inches long, that's a big perch in and of itself
5: it is yeah that's something to be proud of at that fishery.
1: Having said that, there are concerns. I understand that there's a graduate study with the University of Idaho that's going to be taking place. It's looking into the interactions between perch and bass and northern pike minnow, a fish that has a bad reputation. Tell us more about this.
5: Yeah, so in years past, a lot of those surveys have been done focusing on the predation of of pike minnow on the the juvenile perch. But lately, in the last couple of years, uh, biologists have been kind of looking a little bit deeper into that issue, the pike minnow aren't necessarily the culprit. So they're looking into potential other factors that could be having this impact on juvenile perch growth.
1: So are we turning to the bass as the main factor? Or are we talking about lake conditions, water conditions, that sort of thing?
5: You know, we don't really quite know yet. Kind of could be an all of the above or it could just be one thing. But our grad student with the University of Idaho is taking surveys of the, the perch that are caught on Lake Cascade, and then running tests on those perch and trying to figure out where the, the factors are, what's causing them to stop growing, and what's impacting recruitment.
1: Now, we understand that if you head to Lake Cascade, you might see a whole bunch of orange buoys. Those are put out by the University of Idaho. And what is the purpose of
5: these? So the buoys just indicate where we have active gill nets set up. Again, those are being put out with our um, fisheries folks up in the McCall area as well as our grad student with University of Idaho. They're just there to mark where there could be some potential nets.
1: All right, so if you've got a boat up there, be careful and avoid those. Uh, Let's continue with the perch because I don't think most states actually manage perch fisheries at all, but Idaho has made a concerted effort to actually manage Lake Cascade as a trophy perch fishery because it brings a lot of tourism to McCall, doesn't it?
5: It absolutely does. It's not abnormal for, for folks across the country to, to set their sights on Lake Cascade. We had a Wisconsin angler back in 2016 who broke the certified record with, a, I believe it was uh 16 and a quarter inches long perch. Wow. So they get pretty big. And that was in the wintertime. But yeah, folks come from all all across the country, all year round, and try to land these these jumbos.
1: You know... It's interesting because I think most folks think of, of Cascade Lake as a winter ice fishery. It didn't even occur to me that people are coming there in the spring, summer, and fall and still catching these big perch.
5: Yeah, it's, uh, it's like I said, it's a year-round thing. Uh, it's pretty crazy that folks will, will want to come from Wisconsin and sit out. Uh, I guess if, if you're from Wisconsin, you're pretty much used to the cold, but if you come from somewhere else, you know, setting your sights on a really, really cold lake uh, in the middle of wintertime... Uh, Yeah, it just goes to show. But yeah, your rounds are out there.
1: We've had the world record caught twice over there. How big is that record fish?
5: So back in 2021, we had an angler on Lake Cascade that caught a 3.22 pound yellow perch that stretched the measuring tape at 16 and a quarter inches long. That was our certified weight record. Our official state catch and release record, the 17 inch yellow perch, also caught on Lake Cascade, and that was back in May of 2018.
1: Absolutely amazing. If you are looking for the next world record perch or some really, really big perch, head to Lake Cascade near McCall, Idaho. No matter what time of year, they are swimming around there waiting for you, and you can catch them. Let's go ahead and shift topics. Understand there's been a a poaching case that conservation officers are concerned about. Tell us about this.
5: That's correct. Um, so conservation officers with Fish and Game are trying to seek more information about a, a moose calf that was found dead up in the Upper Snake Region near Fish Creek Road. Uh, that's just off Kelly Canyon. The moose was found on August 24th, and our conservation officers are looking into it as a potential poaching investigation, but they're asking the public you know, if they have any information. And then folks can call the Upper Snake Region as well, or they can call the Citizen Poaching Hotline.
1: Last but not least, it's not only Labor Day weekend, but several hunting seasons have opened up in Idaho, too, on August 30th and September 1st. What are some of those seasons and opportunities?
5: Well, so for upland game aficionados, we got forest grouse, which refers to dusky rough or spruce grouse. We also have a pine squirrel season that opens on the 30th, cottontail rabbit season and snowshoe hare season. And for parts of the state, uh, generally up in the panhandle and the Clearwater region, we have a fall turkey season.
1: And you have some controlled elk hunts happening in ag lands too, this month, don't you?
5: That is correct.
1: All right. Well, bottom line is this, folks, as usual, there's a lot going on in the gem state. Whether you want to go fishing for trophy perch, whether you might have some information about this poaching of a moose calf, or whether you want to go hunting. If you can find out more about all of these topics at the Idaho Fish and Game website, just go to the Media tab, look for press releases, and you'll find all the information you need. Connor, thanks as always. We appreciate you being on Northwestern Outdoors Radio. My pleasure, John. Thank you so much. The 1st of September also marked opening day for several fishing and hunting opportunities in Oregon State. That includes steelhead fishing on the Grand Ronde, Wallawa and Imnaha rivers, as well as Big Sheep Creek in northeast Oregon. And the Wallawa and Imnaha in particular are already fishing good for rainbow trout right now. And when these steelhead come in, it's just gonna get even better in October. Halibut on the Central Coast sub-area is open seven days a week now. Saltwater bottom fish at all depths is also open. Forest grouse hunting, like Idaho, opened up in Oregon. And you can hunt quail, both mountain and California valley quail, on the west side of the state. In addition to this, morning dove season opened up on September 1st, not only in Oregon, but also in California and Washington State too. Looking for something else to do? Well, there's always crabbing. You can go to the Bay and go to the jetty fishery, either rent a boat or just drop your crab rings right off the dock there. They'll even clean them for you. A little bit further down the coast in Tillamook Bay, you can also rent a boat and crab pots at the Garibaldi Marina. And the Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife says crabbing along the central coast has been great over the last couple of weeks. There are limits to be had not only in Garibaldi, like we just mentioned, but also Depot Bay and Newport. And crab quality is starting to increase as those shells harden. As a matter of fact, my family and I are doing a little crabbing ourselves this week on the Long Beach Peninsula of southwest Washington. We'll let you know how that went next week on the show.
0: Anglers are getting a raise this year with the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program, and the fish are biting. Here's how it works. First, register at a pike minnow station along the Columbia or Snake River. Next, go fishing for pike minnow and bring back all of them that measure nine inches or longer. The fish are worth six, eight, or ten dollars, and the more fish you catch, the more each one is worth. Keep an eye out for tagged fish, too, because those are worth five hundred bucks. Go fishing, make money, and have fun. Find out more at pikeminnow.org.
2: Planning to head outdoors today? The National Shooting Sports Foundation reminds you to check the fire danger levels in your area. Whether target shooting, camping, or even parking a car with a hot exhaust, remember to take precautions. As we know, wildfires have many possible causes. Don't be one of them.
0: with more of the great outdoors on
1: Northwestern Outdoors Radio with John Cruz. You know what time it is. It's time for another Extended Max Minute brought to you by Max Lure. And with us again is Bob Loomis. Bob, got a question for you. Yes, sir. Let's talk steelhead fishing today, but I want to talk eastern washington steelhead fishing and i want to talk about fishing on rivers like the grand ron and the Tucannon, and the touche and the walla walla they are all worth fishing if you're going to fish these smaller streams for steelhead these are summer steelhead in the fall how are you going to do it you know, fishing for summer runs uh, is one of those
2: things that yeah, that's kind of near and dear to my heart. I love it. Spending as much time as I did in southwestern Washington, you know, th- that is something that I really gear up for. And over here, it's a little bit different fishery. You know, a lot of people like to fish jigs. A lot of people like to fish different styles of fishing. I personally like to fish with a smile blade and a pill float. Go on. I can get uh, different colors that you can't get with jigs, I can get, you know, attraction is a big, big thing for steelhead versus scent where you're geared towards salmon. So those colors, by putting different colors of smile blades, pill floats, things of that nature, where I can get a a good natural flow to my gear, I can drift the bottom and still do a fantastic job of getting them to want to bite.
1: So are we talking like pencil lead here or a slinky weight that you're using and then just having that smile blade and that float a little bit up from there on a leader? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because what you're doing is you're, you're bouncing the bottom. You're, you're
2: drifting a, a little bit differently than fishing the way everybody else is with jigs and floats. And, you know, let's face it, the rock dancer works fantastic, but I like fishing the bottom. I want to be able to be right in the fish's face and I want to get them to want to bite that lure going through and the smile blade and pill float are a great way to
1: do it. All right, well get yourself a nice stout hook and a pill float and a smile blade from Max Lure, experiment with the colors, they're going to work at the stream near you and give it a go. You might be out fishing the competition.
3: Want to put a smile on your face? Start off by putting a smile blade from Max Lure Company on your line. Max Smile Blades come in different sizes and spin at slow speeds, not like those metal blades on other lures. Buy them separately or on ready-made rigs like the Wedding Ring Spinner, Double Whammy, Wallet Pop, and more. Smile Blades work for trout, bass, walleye, as well as other species, and when that fish hits, you'll have a grin on your face that won't go away. The Smile Blade,
1: only from Max Lure Company.
4: Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter Full of the gear you need to succeed this hunting season Firearms, ammo, archery equipment, decoys, clothing, boots and more You'll find it all at Sportsman's Warehouse Better still, the knowledgeable staff can help you with tips and in-store seminars All designed to help you bag a trophy or a limit Find a location near you or shop online today at Sportsman's.com Backcountryhunters.org Join the fight for our public lands and waters today. He said we're right on him. Without missing a beat, you'll drop your line down to 42 feet. If you don't screw up, it won't be long. Someone in this boat's going to sing Fish On. Fish On!
1: Welcome back to Northwestern Outdoors Radio. We are taking you to the Cowlitz River, that famed steelhead stream in southwest Washington. And we get a chance to talk to Mark Bush, who is on the water right now with clients. Mark, welcome to the show. How's the fishing been? Well, it's not too bad. We've lost more than we've landed today, but they are
6: steelhead and they don't fight fair. No, they don't. How many hookups have you had today? Oh, I don't know. Quite a few. <laughs> More well, than I care to count.
1: <laughs> but you know what? That's saying something. Because, you know, most dyed-in-the-wool steelheaders, if they get one strike a day, they're happy. They call that successful. So the fact you're getting multiple takedowns and some fish in the boat, that is a good thing. How was the run looking on the cowlets this year?
6: Well, I was up in Alaska most of the summer. I just got back. And, uh, I think we're seeing just a little bit of a lull in the run right now, but
1: it should be picking up any day now. Now, you're going to be fishing the cowlets for a bit, but pretty soon you're heading back towards home in the Columbia River Gorge, and I understand you'll be fishing off the mouth of the Deschutes with quite a few other guide boats trying to intercept some of those fall chinook. That is correct. And what is the drill that you like to do when it comes to catching those chinook there?
6: What I like to do, I I do the skateboards, the Pro Troll, the 360s, and I like either using spinners or uh, Super Baits.
1: And the Super Baits, are you stuffing those with tuna? Yes. Any other scents that you want to share or not? Well, I like the Bloody Tuna from
6: uh, Shane Magnus and stuff, the Graybill scents. Yes. use that quite a bit.
1: Yes, and Shane Magnuson is a, a very well-known and successful guide here in the Northwest. Not taking anything away from you, because you are a long-standing successful guide, too. How long are you going to fish at the mouth of the chutes before you head towards the mouth of the Clickitat and go after some of those hosts since we are looking at a really good run this year?
6: Well, I generally go for the Chinook until they kind of taper off, and then I switch gears. And it... Sometimes it's at the uh, end of September, and sometimes it's in the middle.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. All depends how fast they're moving through. But the coho, though, they should be around, what, all the way through October?
6: All the way till the end of October, yeah. We've actually been out in November fishing for them and doing
1: well. How do you fish for the coho? I have seen people jig for them. I've seen people do hover fishing of eggs, which uh, can be challenging if you don't know what you're doing, And, and I've seen people troll for them, too.
6: I basically do the same thing I do for
1: chinook. Just
6: I'm trolling spinners
1: most of the time for Coho. All right. And getting back to the Cowlitz, you have had multiple hookups today. How are you going about catching those summer steelhead?
6: I love back trolling for steelhead. And uh, just seeing that rod get tied in a knot is, it's incredible. What kind of plug are you
1: using as you're back trolling and what color?
6: Well, I'm basically using... uh, diver and bait, you know, diver and coonies. Gotcha. And do you have any color on the coon shrimp? Oh, just, you know, pink coon shrimp. I will run a plug every now and then, and I really like the Maglips because they, I've never had the tune one. They run really good right out of the package.
1: That is high praise for any plug, that's for sure. We've all had, as our friend Ed Iman says, brother-in-law plugs that don't run straight, and instead of trying to tune them, you just give them your brother-in-law and say, here you go. Yep. <laughs> All right, well, we will let you get back to fishing, see if you can limit out for your clients there, but before we do, do you have openings in the gorge for September and October for Chinook and Coho fishing? I do have some openings, and if people
6: want to get a hold of me, I, I can get a date arranged for them.
1: All right, well, if you want to go fishing with Mark, go to his website, twistedwaters-gs.com. That's twistedwaters-gs.com, or go to his Facebook page. You'll find that at Twisted Waters Guide Service, Mark Bush, that's Mark with a C, and book a trip with Mark. He's a great guy to go fishing with. A lot of folks are very happy that they do, and he'll give you a fun day on the water. Thanks for the fishing report, Mark. Thank you. Next up on Northwestern Outdoors Radio, we are taking you to Gold Beach. That's the home of our affiliate, KGBR. And it is also where the Rogue River Salmon Derby took place August 10th through the 13th. And with us here to tell us the results is Mary Duncan. Mary, great to have you back on the air.
7: Yep, great to be back and so excited to give you the results. We had an awesome derby this year.
1: I want to hear all about it, but let's start off with who the winner was this year that got that $1,000 cash and prize package.
7: Well, it wasn't a who, it was two who's. So oh. we had two people. Maribeth Bin, and she had a 13.3 pound fish. And a second winner, due to a clerical error, was Deanna Page, 13.1. So um, we had double winners.
1: So I presume that the lucky weigh in, because this was a, a blind bogey, so it's just a random weight that is over 10 pounds is chosen. It was 13.2? It was 12.96. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Well, congratulations to the winners. What was the biggest fish weighed in this year?
7: We had two of them. There were a lot of big fish caught. And amazingly, there are even more big fish being caught right now. It's just incredible. But we had two uh, that came in 26.2 pounds, Allen Plumbridge and Keith Waters.
1: Those are some very nice Chinook indeed.
7: How many people
1: ended up participating this year?
7: We had 109 people that came and paid their fees, but we saw so many people in the boats going, Derby, we should have entered. And, you know, they're holding a big fish. I'm like, dang it. Yeah. Bad well, timing on their part.
1: <laughs> next year, maybe they will. I think they're going to be on it. <laughs> and how was the fishing overall this year?
7: Mm, reported kind of spotty. We had pretty nifty weather. There was some fog because when it's hot inland, it gets foggy here. So we had some fog that kind of limited uh, visibility. 32 fish were entered for the four days.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, you know, that's okay. Like you said, spotty. But how's the fishing now as we roll into September?
7: Oh, it's been just super incredible. My husband, Aaron, is doing the sea lion patrol. He goes out on the boat and keeps the sea lions and the seals away from everybody's catch when they have a fish on. And there were like 14 that all hooked up within 10 or 15 minutes. So 14 boats with fish on is a pretty uh, amazing sight. (laughs) Oh, I'll say
1: it is. And folks, you know, this is a really easy fishery to participate in. Again, we're talking about the mouth of the Rogue River, where it flows in the Pacific Ocean. All sorts of Chinook salmon stack up there every summer, and they're all heading back, or at least a good portion of them, are heading back to the CAF Indian Creek Fish Hatchery, a volunteer-run fish hatchery, and proceeds from the Rogue River Salmon Derby, benefit the fish hatchery. How much money was generated this year?
7: Well, we made about a third of our operating expenses. So they did a back-of-the-napkin kind of overview. It was about 10000
1: This is a, a great that you and others are volunteering for in terms of operating this fish hatchery and allowing folks to enjoy a great Chinook salmon fishery down there. If folks want to donate after the fact, is there a website they can go to or another way they can support the Indian Creek Fish Hatchery?
7: Yes, we have a website, uh, rogueriversalmon.org. And they can contact us through there. we have a P.O. box that people can send donations to. And we'd just love to have more members. We would love new blood. It would be awesome to have other people out there helping feed the fish. Or they can uh, support us from afar and then come and play in the derby or just come for the summer. Because with the red dredge in there, it has just been amazing. The the water conditions are good. Um, We've got lots of room. It's just been amazing.
1: All right. The website to go to, again, if you want to help out, is rogueriversalmon.org. That's rogueriversalmon.org. That's the website for the CAF <laughs> Indian <laughs> Creek Fish Hatchery. And help out and if you make plans to attend next year. It's a lot of fun, and the proceeds go to a very good cause. Mary, congratulations on another successful derby, and I look forward to talking to you again next year.
7: Thank you so much, John. We will do it again next year, and it's just going to be awesome. Thanks.
1: All right, let's end this segment the same way we started it with some excerpts from the song Fish On by Mark Keller. Fish On. Fish on. Yeah. Close your eyes and quote the scripture, but first get a camera and take my picture.
4: Backcountry Hunters and Anglers is the voice for your public lands, waters, and wildlife. From the Canadian Yukon to the Florida Everglades, we're stepping up to conserve North America's public lands, defend our hunting and fishing traditions, and expand access to the outdoors. Find out how you can get involved at backcountryhunters.org.
1: You're back in with Northwestern Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. i got my friend Mike Carey on the line. He's the man behind Northwest Fishing. You've probably seen their television show, and you've probably picked up their magazine if you live in Washington State. That is the real-life magazine. And you can also check out articles and more at their website, northwestfishing.net. Mike, great to have you back on the air. Thanks, John. Good to talk to you. Well, I wanted to catch up with you because you've been a resident of western Washington for decades, but you recently made the move to central Montana. You live outside of Great Falls now. What prompted that move and how are you enjoying Montana so far? Yeah, big change. So the
8: uh, the life event that prompted the move was we uh, got our first grandchild, a baby girl, and we decided, my wife and I, that we wanted to be closer to my son and daughter-in-law and our new granddaughter.
1: Well, Big Sky Country is certainly full of outdoors opportunities, both fishing and hunting. Have you gotten to experience some of those since your recent move? I have. It took a while because
8: the first several months we've been doing a lot of work on our home and our property, but uh, I've managed to get out a few times and there is quite a wealth of uh, fishing and hunting out
1: here in Montana, as I'm sure people know. Well, you live just a couple of miles away from the Missouri River and that is known as one of the best trout fisheries between Great Falls and Helena that there is in the United States. Have you been able to sample that this summer?
8: I have. My son Matthew and I have gone out, got a two-person pontoon, and we've gone out and fly-fished it a couple times. Had some success. It's been really hot this summer, so that kind of put the fish down, and uh, that, and I'm reacquainting myself with uh, the art of fly-fishing, which, as you know, is way different from back-trolling plugs and throwing spinners and all those kind of things. So, But it's fun. It's a, a whole
1: new learning curve. I'm reacquainting myself with flies, supplies, and I'm having a blast doing it. Well, you've also got some good walleye waters up there in central Montana, too. Have you been able to go out to Canyon, Ferry or Holter Reservoir yet? I have not
8: gone for walleye yet this year. We did uh, go down to Holter. It took the boat down there, and we trolled around, Matthew and I, um, Holter is amazing for rainbow it's a planted reservoir there's both planted rainbow and then there's wild rainbow because of course it is part of the Missouri River and the fish are just the chunkers they are all like 15 to 18 inch um, on average and they're big fat footballs so we've been trolling those up and also casting jigs and uh, jigging them
1: up as well nice very nice indeed September is here and that means that pheasant hunting season is right around the corner in October. And even though you just recently moved to central Montana, you've actually been coming to central Montana for years to go pheasant hunting. Tell our listeners about this opportunity. Yeah,
8: sure. You know, Montana is probably one of the better states to go pheasant hunting. There's a a huge amount of, of land, and a lot of it is very productive for pheasants. Montana has both public lands. And they also have a program called BLM. And basically what that is, is um, private property owners can lease their land to the state for hunters to hunt on it. Some of them require prior sign-in and others you just can go and sign in on the day that you're hunting. So uh, it's block land management is what it stands for. So there's just a whole wealth of habitat as well. Um, And pheasants tend to do really well as do the quail and grouse in this area.
1: You know, it's, it's no secret that pheasant hunting has fallen on really hard times in Oregon and Washington. As a matter of fact, when I go out pheasant hunting in eastern Washington, which is where it's supposed to be better, you know, if I'm hunting wild lands, or I should say if I'm hunting areas where they're not stocked, if I flush two or three pheasants in an entire day of hunting. I consider myself lucky. Uh, What's it like in Montana in comparison?
8: Well, there's going to be fields where you may only flush a couple birds, and then there's other areas where a good day you can flush a dozen to two dozen birds. It just depends, you know, if you hit it right. So you never really know. I mean, it is hunting, pheasant hunting. It's never guaranteed. Um, I will say this morning, the area where I live, I took my Springer Spaniel Duke out for a walk and we flushed two coveys of quail and a couple of pheasants in the mile and a half walk that we did. So we actually have a BLM property not even a mile from my house, so... I'm pretty excited about
1: checking that out come fall. I was going to say, I know exactly where you're going to be hunting them this fall. And <laughs> Duke, by the way, is a very good hunting dog. I got to hunt with Mike and Duke one time and really enjoyed the experience. Let's turn our attention to your television show, Northwest Fishing. It's been on how many seasons now?
8: Wow, you know what? I'm kind of losing track. I would say at least five. We started out in the Spokane and Seattle markets, and we've been growing over the years. We're now seen on 10 different broadcast markets, all in Washington, Idaho, Oregon. We're now in Montana and uh, in Alaska. And those are Fox stations and Root Sports, uh, SWX in Montana, um, Joe TV. So, Pretty much anywhere you live in the Northwest, you should be able to get to, to see
1: our show. One of the things I like about your show, some of them are destination shows where you're spending all your time at, at one destination, typically in Canada or Alaska or something like that. But other shows, you'll have split locations where you might have you know, yourself in one location and then your co-host, Rob Holman, in another location. You get to enjoy two fisheries in a half an hour.
8: Yeah, yeah, we try to cover as much fishing as we can. And, you know, sometimes it works well to have a couple different destinations in the show. And there are other times where the fishing is just so amazing that the whole show takes up the one destination. i thinking of Vancouver Island and Zabalos as a, an example of that. But, um, yeah, we we also have um, Hannah Pennybaker, who's uh, out in the Seattle area, and
1: she's been filming some episodes with her crew for us. Well, uh, now that you're in central Montana, I have no doubt we're going to start seeing a lot more Montana content, too.
8: Oh, yeah. Yep, I'll be working on it. I've got a couple episodes in my mind for this fall that I'm going to get filmed and probably start seeing those uh, come springtime.
1: We've got about a minute left. Why don't you tell folks about the real-life magazine that's put out by Northwest Fishing?
8: Yeah, I'm really proud of it. It's uh, Northwest Real Life. And in Washington State, it is found in various sporting goods stores, probably a couple hundred of them outlets, and the magazine is free. So just go and pick one up. You can also go to northwestfishing.net, and you subscribe for the free digital version. So it comes as PDF uh, once a month right to your inbox, so you never miss an issue. And all the old issues are, are on that website as well. Lots of great writers. We're very fortunate to have People like Gary Lewis and Jason Brooks and Hannah Pennybaker and Randy Costello. So a really
1: great crew of knowledgeable writers that are contributing every month. And folks, sometimes Mike even lets me write an article for him too. So check out... Oh yeah, John John Cruz too. Yeah, how could I forget John (laughs) Cruz? So check out Northwest Fishing's Real Life. Check out Northwest Fishing on the television and check out the website too, northwestfishing.net and get your fill of all the fishing opportunities available in the greater Northwest. Mike, always a pleasure to catch up with you on Northwestern Outdoors Radio.
8: Likewise, John. um, I look forward to getting you out here and doing some fishing and hunting.
1: This portion of the show was brought to you by our friends at Cena Sea Seafood, the family run company that catches premium, wild caught Alaskan seafood. We're talking salmon, halibut. Sable fish and shellfish and they deliver it right to your door and people absolutely love cena sea seafood and don't take it from me take it from melanie b who left a five-star review in her words i have purchased several things from cena and we have loved everything i used to live in alaska and catch my own now that i am in the inland northwest i get my catch from cena and i am here to tell you it is absolutely the next best thing to pulling out of the water yourself." Actually, it's better because you don't have to clean it, fillet it, pack it, or freeze it. It takes a lot of work to do all that, and I will never buy direct from anyone or anywhere else. If you want to check out what's for sale from Sea Seafood, go to their website. You'll find it at senasi.com. That's S-E-N-A-S-E-A.com. And don't forget to use the promo code OUTDOORSRADIO for 10% off your entire order.
3: Come to Oregon's Wallawa County for outdoors adventure. Hike, ride, paddle, fish, or sightsee to your heart's content. And then visit one of our wonderful towns, whether it be Joseph with its beautiful bronze statues, our county seat and enterprise, or one of our charming small towns like Wallawa, Imnaha, or Troy, where you can eat, shop, and sleep before continuing your adventure the next day. Plan your visit now at wallawacountychamber.com That's WallawaCountychamber.com.
0: Anglers are getting a raise this year with the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program, and the fish are biting. Here's how it works. First, register at a pike minnow station along the Columbia or Snake River. Next, go fishing for pike minnow and bring back all of them that measure 9 inches or longer. The fish are worth 6 8 or $10, and the more fish you catch, the more each one is worth. Keep an eye out for tagged fish, too, because those are worth 500 bucks. Go fishing, make money, and have fun. Find out more at pikeminnow.org We've got time for one
1: more shot of Northwestern Outdoors Radio with John Cruz. I'm glad you're back. Got a few events to tell you about that are coming up quick. The first is an opportunity to cycle or run or hike the rim of Crater Lake National Park where no vehicles will be driving. The date, September 10th and the 17th. It's called Ride the Rim. It's put on by Crater Lake National Park and several partner organizations. And if this sounds fun to you, just go to ridetherimoregon.com, get more information, and register by September 5th. Another event coming up on September 17th is the Old Farts Bass Tournament. I'll be competing in that one at Potholes Reservoir, and I would invite you to do the same. This is a low-key, fun, one-day bass tournament put on by the Banks Lake Bass Club, and you can register for it through their website at bankslakebassclub.com. Just look for the Old Farts Tournament. Another event going on that same weekend, Friday the 16th through Sunday the 18th, is the annual Mardon Resort Dock Tournament, No boat is required. In fact, no boats allowed. you got to fish off the dock for this one, and if you catch the heaviest fish of any ten species, the top two fish actually, you will get a cash prize. This is a fun event. You can fish both day and night, and just about anybody from adults to kids has a great chance of winning some money, and you'll definitely catch some fish too. Just contact Mardon Resort for more information about this one, and to register, and do so fast, because it's going to sell out. And now it's time for your Sportsman's Warehouse trivia question of the week, and it's once again about an upland bird. This portly, gray-colored bird actually has rust feathers and is now known in the name of political correctness as simply the gray partridge. But... It's been known for generations, ever since it was introduced into America in the early 1900s as a game bird to hunt by another name. It's actually named after a European country. Here's your question. What is the name of that partridge? If you think you know the answer, just go to our website at northwesternoutdoors.com or our Facebook page at Northwestern Outdoors Radio and let us know the answer. One lucky person who guesses right wins that $25 gift card we give away every week from Sportsman's Warehouse. On that note, we have got to go. But I hope you are enjoying your Labor Day weekend and that you're making it one last hurrah of outdoors fun before we hit the fall season, which, between you and me, is actually my favorite time of year to get outdoors. Until next time, do take care, God bless, and make it a point to get outdoors.